Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. podcast series with me, Jill Kirby, and my great friend, fellow journalist and retirement coach, Marianne Heron. Uh, We're going to be casting a critical eye again on conventional retirement and exploring replacing any misconceptions and stereotypes, hopefully with a more fulfilling and productive rewired, not retired life. Marianne, in our first two podcasts, we set the scene for what a successful retirement and what you prefer to call rewirement, and what I've gotten into the habit of calling my third life, Um, and we talked about the practical issues that are involved in rewiring. But there are some tricky bits that need closer scrutiny, aren't there, such as how couples approach retirement and how this can be fraught with so much difficulty if both parties aren't on the same page but what they want to do with their individual and collective lives. So there's a lot of change to embrace, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Before you retire, you may be longing to have more time together with time to spare, to quote that Barbara Streisand (laughs) song. (laughs) But being together with anybody 24-7, when you're used to being apart for at least eight hours, eight or ten hours a day, can be a bit challenging. And you'll want to avoid having a turf war. When heading into change, like going on a road trip, you need a plan. One that still allows plenty of room to SWH, see what happens. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a partnership, you really need to have a joint plan, which takes account of what you each want and combines some of it. And that still takes account of the individual things you want to do. It's a bit like some of the Irish rail tracks that sometimes run side by side and sometimes turn into a single track. And hopefully going in this, going in a different direction, though, hopefully. In the case of <laughs> the train. the same direction. <laughs> uh, sometimes, though, there's this thing where individual dreams remain unspoken. That's the thing about dreams. They're up there in your head. And there can be a moment of reckoning when there's the truth comes out. Mm. When I was living in Cape Town and, and doing retirement coaching and doing seminars, I heard about phenomenon of newly retired husbands who built boats to sail around the world. It seems to be a common Cape Town aspiration, (laughs) forgetting that their wives get seasick or want to look after the grandchildren. Hmm. And so common is it that I was hilarious to discover there's actually an agency specializing in selling half-built boats. (laughs) (laughs) So a little warning there. But um, would you say then that it's really important for couples to manage, I mean, to really, really manage their expectations uh, in retirement? Yes, absolutely. And as well as having a a joint plan and using useful tools like uh, the circle of life, where you you chunk down, you don't try to look at it all Mm -hmm. all at once, you deal with different aspects of your life, whether it's relationships, finances, where you're going to live or whatever. But this is also a time um, to reassess uh, your space, your shared space, um, 
and the, the, how you uh, deal with tasks, uh, you know, Virginia's Woolf's room of one's own. Mm. And I've heard of various solutions, the shamara in the garden, so there's a home office and mm. somewhere to retreat to, or a husband, one husband in particular I heard about going on a cook, being sent, well, being going sent. on a cookery okay. course. No, he was he sent. Was sent. Okay. <laughs> And he, he virtually took over the kitchen. He really took to it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always happen like that. Um, and, you know, it could be the other way around. Let's not be sexist. But we tend to specialise as married couples, as in he brings home the bacon and she cooks it, or vice versa. And then doing a bit of, so doing a bit of role swapping. Now, we're not talking spouse swapping mm -hmm. here. It's sensible. Um, suppose one of you, for whatever reason, is out of the equation. Can the other one actually confidently take on mowing the lawn? I can't do that. I mm -hmm. ride on lawnmower and I end up with a tonsure around the edge of these bits that don't get mowed. Or cooking up a spaghetti bolognese, mm -hmm. something like that. I suppose, though, a lot depends um, in order to get that sort of thing right, it depends on the timing of your retirement, doesn't it? I mean, if you both retire at the same time, then you, you know, you really can reallocate roles. But if you're you're retiring separately, and especially if the, the other person's still at home, it can be a little bit fraught with danger, can't it? Yes, it's probably easier if both of you retire fairly close together. It doesn't always happen that way. No. And difference in ages and difference in careers. There's also a difference in how the sexes react to retirement in mm -hmm. some cases, you know. Um, how it so? Can, well, it's, uh, for instance, if husbands <clears throat> have been at work for you know, 40 years or so, um, they are inclined to want to turn inwards, spend more time with their families, mm -hmm. more romantic time with their wives, how sweet is that? <laughs> Whereas women, especially if they've taken time out um, to raise families and have been responsible, as it often happens for a lot of running the house and so on, they're actually at this stage ready to look outwards and yeah, out of here kind of, kind of thing. And the ones who, funny enough, find the most difficulty can be... Um, working married women and mothers because they've been multitasking yeah, that's right. and then when you suddenly stop you know how do you how do you deal with how do you deal with that mm. uh, it's difficult to turn all that off and then there's the other thing the he'll be under my feet syndrome mm. where uh, you know husband more traditional these would probably be older couples these days because people well, usually both partners have to, to work, work these days, way. but the, the, you know, the husband comes back thinking he's going to have the wife as a constant companion, mm. and the wife has a life of her own. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's right. Um, I suppose, though, if he's into sailing around the world and building that boat, she might <laughs> resent that too, because now he's available, but not really to her. <laughs> Yeah, but um, good communication mm. is key here. And funny enough, although we spend so much time communicating, it's something they're not always very good at, no. or handling conflict. So there's no harm on reading up a bit, if this is, you know, causing a few hiccups, uh, no harm to read up on a bit about communication. Mm. Things like active listening, because mm. usually what we tend to do is we're busy thinking up our response and not really paying mm -hmm. attention to what the other person is saying, and conflict resolution. You know, things like knowing how to own the problem when you're having a row about something, mm. where you say, you know, I really don't like it when you do X, and I would like 
why to happen rather than pointing the figure and saying, you always do mm. such and such. And I think, too, that um, togetherness can be a bit like drinking strong spirits. It's a better diluted, both in terms of um, having time, some time apart, or being with other friends. You know, you and the thing of it is your social network tends to shrink. Mm. Once you um, leave work. Yes, yeah. they, they say the average is about 9.5 people after you retire. You know, you, the work can be the glue that keeps you together mm. with people, but after that, you know, when you're gone, it tends to fall away, except for maybe a few contacts and situational contacts as well. The best friendships really are the ones where there is mutuality, you know, where you can really rely on the person if you need help with something and where you share similar values. Mm. That's great help. Yeah, I should imagine that suddenly relying on your partner, whether it's your wife at home or if you've been working, your husband who's uh, maybe retired or not, to fill your social gap from work uh, would lead to very good outcomes, you know. But every marriage is, is different. I suppose in my own case, we were both freelancers working uh, from home offices for so many years and being in each other's company 24-7 that we, for example, we, we kind of stopped holidaying together. Um, we would take one, usually a summer break together, and then in the other time that we have, he would go off, and, uh, usually off to Spain hill walking, and I'd find a city to go to and go to the galleries. Um, you know, but... Um, our, our, and we agreed to this because our full-time working days were always together. And we, you know, well, thanks to the pandemic, we're back into that. But we are still planning some separate travel in, in 24-7. There was a time when we never would have done that. We would have always gone away together. And, and when Jack was small, of course, we always went away um, for, for family holidays. But um, I think we both kind of enjoy that time apart. Yeah. And we have for a while. Yeah, yeah. and it makes sense uh, if you uh, if you like different kinds of mm. holidays, if you've talked it through and mm. agreed about it. And holidaying with friends is another uh, option. Yes, very true. Mm -hmm. You know, because investing in that social co capital is really the best investment you can make throughout your life. Travelling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at expressway.ie, make sure to select seat-only reservation free travel scheme and pay just two euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. 
To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. Another idea is home exchanging. I've done well, it must be over a dozen of well, those. That's, that's a brilliant <laughs> idea, know, it is. Yeah, yeah, like it helps to keep costs down. Yep. You don't feel so much like a tourist. It's a good way to go. And you can make end up making friends uh, for, for life through that. So It's uh, also a very good way, isn't it, um, in retirement to do that world travel without that huge expense. I mean, it's not difficult to go through your lump sum if you're going to be taking massive round-the-world cruises and things. Those are so pricey. And, uh, I mean, just everybody knows cutting out the cost of accommodation is going to be a great boon, especially if you're living on a on a more fixed income. <laughs> you have nothing to lose but your fear of clearing up <laughs> your cupboards. <laughs> and what a lot of people do would have one be have one room, one no-go room, yes. where you can put your special stuff, sure. you know. So I'm kind of wondering, when do you think couples should start talking about and planning this mutual rewirement? Um, I would have thought as early as possible. Um, but in your retirement guide, which I'm going to remind people, again, is downloadable from the Irish Life website, and it's also called Rewire Don't Retire, there's a very useful, I found it, a really useful little clipboard illustration uh, in which you suggest that couples list their respective passions, strengths, and skills, their dreams and wants, and then what they could see themselves doing together. Is that a... Uh, I yes. mean, you really push that in, in Yeah, in that's, that's yeah. A, a, a really good four-step exercise when you're trying to decide what it is you want to do either together or collectively, where you're looking at both, you know, what is this purposeful activity that you're going to do, whether it be, you know, starting a little business, um, volunteering, whatever. Uh, and then also about your, you know, the kind of things you want to do uh, as recreation and what you want to do about learning and growing. That's very important mm-hmm. too. And then having a brainstorming session. Mm-hmm. Even do that together with friends. And looking around at what other people have done can be, that can yeah. be very inspiring. Mm-hmm. But going back to that timing, um, you know, I think about around five years beforehand is a good time to talk to a financial advisor mm-hmm. and get an idea of your financial parachute and what your post-work income is going to be like. Great too if you can start planning about what you might want to do a year or two beforehand. I think those should be slightly more intense conversations, shouldn't they? Because (laughs) time flies. I mean, everybody is kind of preparing for you to to be gone Mm -hmm. and that in itself at work could take up a lot more time than than you might imagine. Yeah, one of the things about it, though, is it's actually very hard to tell how you're going to feel until mm. you get there mm. and until you've enjoyed your initial honeymoon period yeah. and then you're actually going to confront these things. But no harm to start talking about mm. it and trying out a few things uh, beforehand. And maybe your company offers a retirement course mm-hmm. with the Retirement Planning Council of Ireland. And it's well worth taking the offer. Um, the council... The great thing about the council is, as I would advise doing, they they look at um, the retirement holistically, both looking at the financial side and the the life planning side. And they would look at um, dealing with change, finance, healthy living, social welfare, the legal aspects, mental stimulation, social engagement, 
in developing a personal plan, that all-important plan I keep yeah. mentioning about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look on the website and you go searching for what's out there, you'll find that 95% of it is about finance. Right. You're more likely to come up with a, a bus to her, i.e. a coach, <laughs> a retirement coach. There are For the party. Yeah, that's right. And uh, when I was uh, working as a, a retirement coach in Cape Town, um, what I did was I worked with, uh, with my partner, Paul, with seminars right. where financial advisors did one half sure. of that. I mean, you really need to have somebody who's licensed and properly qualified for that. They covered the money and aspect, whereas Paul and I covered the life planning. Do you know what I was just thinking? Wouldn't it be useful if RTE, which has done uh, these money shows, they're usually sometimes money makeover shows or, you know, they've been on for many years and I think there is still one. I think it would be really useful if they did a similar retirement planning show. Wouldn't it be interesting to get couples at different stages of what you've been talking about? And, uh, you know, they already have a financial advisor who does the existing one. I'm, I think we should suggest that to Marianne. I think that would be really useful. <laughs> you, you want to be my agent? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, you would... But there's also, I mean, one of the things, too, that I know you, you, you do uh, say is that a lot of people may also want to cons- continue working, mightn't they? Um, and what is it? In five years, in a few years' time, one in five of us here are going to be over 65, and by 2040, that's going to be one in four. That's right. Um, and uh, Wasn't there a survey, um, Irish, Irish um, survey that showed that, what was it, half of, mm. of, court, of, of the respondents said they wanted to work, but not maybe so much just for the money, but for the stimulation and involvement? Um, so... Yes, um, but how realistic is this, though? It takes twice as long to get hired once you're over 50. Mm. And, you know, okay, some of, may, some of that may be practical, <clears throat> but some of it may be down to ageism. Right, yeah, of and course. And again, that's something which I think, you know, talking more realistically about this whole retirement issue, it's something that we may need to be looking at closely and thinking about keeping people on for longer or allowing them to have phase retirement you know, yeah. uh, especially when you think that the cost of adding a new employee is up to fourteen thousand yeah, for replacement. Yeah. Well, it's certainly. I mean, gosh, if you do have the idea that you'd either like to keep working or certainly do another job, that is something I would have thought couples should talk about early too. Especially if the other partner, and again, you know, uh, it could be um, an older woman at home who has these maybe unspoken expectations over the year that there she was going to enjoy a rewired life with her partner that didn't involve him going off to work every day again and taking up a new job. Um, mind you, I've also spoken to women who say, you know, that they were delighted when he did stay working because, um, you know, for those even those few weeks after his official retirement, um, he was at loose ends and she found that kind of crazy after 40 years of the routine <laughs> that they had worked themselves into. Yes, a gradual approach can work very well sometimes. And, uh, you know, again, it's that, that communication. But yeah. um, do you hear of people doing the most uh, uh, terrific 
amazing things. For instance, there's one guy that I encountered recently mm. um, who, when he retired, took up being a Viking extra in the movies. He a grew Viking an, extra? A ferocious beard oh, and no. his hair, and off he went. That program Does, has been, I mean, you're down in Wicklow, that program has <laughs> been filmed down there for the last 10 years, and I love the way in the summer, I don't know if you've ever noticed walking down a con Street, they slap up these these uh, little notices on on the on, on the light fixtures and things around the city and on on billboards to say, would you like to be an extra in Vikings? Uh, please contact this number. So that's what he did. Oh, wonderful! Wow, that worked out for him. Had to grow the had to grow had the beard. To grow the big gray beard, though. <laughs> that's lots of fun. Yeah, and uh, of course another key component to uh, the rewilding process, mm. doing it successfully, is to make sure that your financial plan <clears throat> is in place. And important that both of you are up to speed. Mm. This is one of the things I think you've come across. You're often the, the more numerate partner, maybe the one who handles um, the money in, yeah. and the other one being in mm. not so blissful ignorance. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. And over the years, um, two things I've I've noticed. One is I'm always so surprised. Even it doesn't seem to matter what your age is, how couples haven't really had serious discussions about their financial retirement position. Um, you know, you might be in your early forties or fifties, thinking, ah, oh, dreaming about retirement someday, but you haven't had a proper discussion about your existing finances, let alone, um, you know, what it's what they're going to be like in twenty years. So, ideally, I guess both partners should have equal responsibility about how financial assets are allocated and managed throughout their married life. But that's not always the case. Because if you do that, though, from the time you're married, and you know exactly, you know, what the earnings are and what family outgoings are going to be and the value of your savings and debt, and even how much you both earn, then it's a positive habit that you bring forward with you. Um, I've, I, you know, in my seminars, I always say that I'm a huge believer in doing a wealth check. So couples should do wealth checks when they hit key life events. And that starts with your engagement and marriage. Before you get married, you know what the situation is. When you buy a house, that's when people are usually required by the banks to look over exactly what they spend. And then when you start a family, because that often involves somebody taking time off, usually the mother, uh, maybe for six months to a year, and then there's huge childcare costs. Um, and then uh, middle age, you know, this is your highest earning period. You're putting kids through college, perhaps. Uh, you, you've got lifestyle costs that maybe are a little higher than they ever were before. Uh, and, and certainly still some debt. And then the last time, or maybe, and then we'll, we'll talk about how rewirement's ongoing, but the last time you should sit down, and maybe this time with a professional advisor for sure, is at pre-retirement. Um, you know, and, and it's it's not a complex thing. I mean, it, it just takes commitment. Um, I, I always think a, a wet Sunday afternoon in November is about the best day to do it because you put all your stuff out on the kitchen table, you send the kids off or say, turn the phones off, and you just lay out all your financial cards. Well, that's, a, that's a big agenda you've got, got there. And I often wonder quietly to myself, how many people, if you ask them, what percentage of people, if you ask them, do they actually have a budget yeah, they stick to? Oh. What, how many, what percentage it would be? But anyway. That's right. But I mean, it's the sort of thing that you really have to do if you're approaching retirement and now 
living on pensions and, and probably a fixed income. You know what happens, though? People get very, if they're lucky enough, they get very wide-eyed about the fact that they could be getting a very nice lump sum, a tax-free lump sum. And that kind of overshadows the really boring bits, which is to look at your, your outgoings now, look at your debt, make sure that's going to be cleared off, um, and, and work out... Um, a new budget that takes into account that you don't have those those borrowing opportunities, let alone earning opportunities that you may have had in the past. So you should be, you know, you should be obviously shopping around now for insurance and utilities and uh, looking at your savings funds, making sure uh, if you can get some a decent return on them. And of course, uh, you know, to have your pension assessed and do that early enough. Yeah. See, you found some uh, rather uh, sort of wake-up call about this news story from Bloomberg, where they suggested that um, to make your money last these days, and given the state of the markets, mm. a couple couples shouldn't be pulling down more than about three three percent now, three and a half percent. Yeah, yeah, I know of their and savings. Uh, the, a government, year. the government here, of course, if you have an approved retirement fund, which is what Brendan and I have and have been drawing down for a number of years because we did sort of, as I think our listeners know, I've been kind of winding down uh, the work that I've been doing. But the government here requires that you actually draw down 4%. And that's from these funds because they really want the tax from that. And of course, you're going to be paying tax at whatever your highest rate is. So I was a little shocked to see that too. They're saying 3.5% now if you don't want to run out of money in old age. But uh, if, if you remember from that story though, Marianne, they were talking about 30-year retirement. So uh, I don't expect to live to 95. Um, I really, I'm not sure I want to live to 95. But you're going to, and you're going to be just like you are now <laughs> because you are the most dynamic older person, and I won't even say older person, but, 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 that I've ever what's, met. What's age got to do with it? Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> These days, it's not the candles on your But cake. maybe the it's thing, your biological age that yeah, you really, yeah, most that's realistically. Right. That's right. Everybody differs, you know, and... and uh, that candles on the cake is not a very accurate measure of actually how successfully you're aging. You could be, uh, hopefully, a good bit younger. You yeah, know? I always say that what's the definition of somebody who's old? It's somebody who's 10 years older than you are. <laughs> but uh, and, but on the other hand, you do have people who are actually old for their age. So. Mm. But getting back to this, though, I mean, we've said it in the previous podcast that Retirement really does get put on the back burner and the financial part of it is something that you just can't let happen that way because you're going to run out of time to make the corrections that you need. And the difficulty, I think, for, for partners or for, for couples is that the male partner, as you said, often being the male earner, he has become usually the controller of the money in the house. It's how his, now we're talking about older people, young, young, young couples are quite different, I think, in their approach because there's a lot more equality. But um, with, with older couples, and I, I kind of, Brent and I just about fell into that, um, you know, his father and his mother's, uh, his father certainly was the controller of the money in the house. Um, and I expect that my father-in-law's parents did it that way too. He made the main business decisions, but they were the big ticket things like the mortgage, the car loan. He was the one who had the pension. Uh, the choice of some utilities and insurance was his job. 
I, I think I remember my mother's my mother-in-law saying that she would have um, looked at maybe the life insurance. It was on his life, probably not her own, but that was something because she knew that was going to affect herself and the children. Um, so she would have taken an interest in that. But it, it, I mean, in this country especially, there was a long period where women got housekeeping money and they may have been able to have personal access uh, to the child benefit payment, but this was inevitably spent on the kids. They might have had a joint account, but he certainly had his bank account and she may not have had any access to that. Mm, I like the idea these days that you have uh, yours, mine <laughs> and ours for the outgoing. So you each have a little bit of discretionary spending. It's a good way to go. Yeah, that's right. Um, although, you know, it's funny, in all the seminars that I've done, the stories that you come across, and one that absolutely shocked me, I was talking to a group of women um, about money and finance and retirement, and afterwards I met this lady who approached me to say that this was the first she had ever heard about there being a tax-free lump sum with, with an occupational pension. Her retired husband, I, don't, I, I can't remember how long they said they were retired, um, he had said that he had said nothing to her about that, which I think is really amazing. I, I got it. I can only imagine the conversation they had when she got home. <laughs> but you know, sometimes though, the other thing too is that being expected to to digest that breadth of financial information at you know after maybe thirty or forty years of marriage can be pretty overwhelming if you haven't participated in the financial side of your relationship for all those years. Um, again, I keep saying it's usually the wife or, or the female partner, but she's now facing the possibility of living on a lower fixed income um, that may not gel with what she or even they had thought they might do in retirement. And a big purchase is often a new car, you look forward to that, or to do some really serious expensive traveling, or even buying a holiday home. So it's kind of my view that marriage can be a very unequal experience. Uh, when one partner isn't earning outside the home and is dependent on the other. And I think that's why every couple approaching formal retirement should be seeking out, <clears throat> whether as early as five years or certainly in the previous year, a professional, impartial, fee-based financial advisor. Um, a great deal of money can be at stake, um, or not, in the case of that poor lady who didn't know about the, about the lump sum. Um, and a professional advisor, just like yourself you know a, a life and retirement coach takes the emotion out of the financial equation don't they yes and also the other thing about it is that people lots of surveys show that people do feel more confident about the future once they've talked to somebody yeah, professionally that's right, that's right. And, uh, and it takes the personal aspect out of it actually i'm curious about that let me let me just ask you i mean when people do discuss the very emotive issues about retirement uh, in a structured way, in a course or a seminar, do you think it really does make them take a deep breath and say, okay, we're not alone in this, we're not just the only ones who are having funny. these problems? Or Yeah, I used to do, when I was in Cape, I used to do, oh, Paul and I used to give um, courses in adult education. Um, you do a morning course with a lot packed into it. Yes. But one of the things that people would say would be, you know, that, that realisation that they're not alone because they would be comparing notes with up to 20 other people. Sure. 
And then you, the other sign was you could not get them apart. It's so difficult to get them back after <laughs> back the coffee after. break. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I've actually known situations where a couple of times people have, through the, that contact, have formed partnerships and right. have gone on to, like, not, uh, not sex partnerships, but their <laughs> business partnerships. Or, or business partnerships, right. Business, and started, and started wow. things. And that's how... Paul and I started sure. as, well, sure. as well. Yeah. So, yes, get that get that advice, and it's it's really good to have a handle on on the, on the finances. And then there's another question um, which is coming up these days: is do you do you move or yes. do you stay put or do you want to dance? That is a big issue, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I have to say, at the moment, I'm horrified by this supposed housing for all plan and the moment. Mm group of people that really doesn't consider older people, is that seniors should start moving into flats in mm. order to help solve the housing crisis. Release their big homes so that a family can move in. Yeah, but your home is your biggest asset. You're yeah. used to your neighbourhood. You've got all your support network mm-hmm. there, your family doctor, all those things, your neighbours. Um, you know, it should be your decision. Mm. Don't mind what they say in the plan for all, but um, it is quite a, a, a tricky question, that one, about downsizing or moving to a new place because there aren't that many good choices in terms of smaller houses. No. One aspect uh, that comes up if you talk to an estate agent about it is that a good few couples will decide to move out of town and down the country because they get the benefit of something to put in their back pocket. Whereas if you try and downsize in town... It's the same cost for less property. the same cost for less, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's something that you really need to research carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people like sometimes want to go back to whence they came from mm-hmm. and those places yes. may have changed. So test, check it out. Go and spend time there. The other one that happens sometimes is going to live in the holiday home mm-hmm. and that uh, place may migrate in the summertime. Check out what it's really like in the winter. Beside the ocean. <laughs> yeah, and what are the, faci- yeah. what are the facilities like? Um, it's well, a shame that we don't have, and it just hasn't happened here, um, is uh, retirement villages. Now, mm-hmm. obviously they're not for everybody, but I saw them at first hand in Cape Town where they're extremely popular. People come mm-hmm. uh, from all over South Africa down to the Cape to, to retire. But they're very sensibly constructed in terms of having social facilities. They would have clubhouses, swimming pools, mm-hmm. and they also have a phased care care structure where Mm. you can have this on-site attention if you need short-term care. And you can move through the system where you can end up in frail care, Mm. uh, although the cost would tend to go up. Even on the same side? Yes, all on the same side. You know, they have those facilities. So you're not shipped off to some awful nursing home somewhere for demented people? lady home right. and the trouble is here there aren't the choices mm. you know you, you if you do get to that stage of being frail it's either stay in your own home or you go into uh, you go into a home uh, I always think don't. I mean the, the, the very term retirement villages suggests that it's kind of a compound on its own and I am a determined I know you live in the most beautiful place in 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 the Wicklow Hills, but uh, I'm a city person. I just couldn't. I, I like the idea of you know that that retirement uh, combined care and freedom, but I I don't think there are any that exist in the city. 
No, and, and that's we something we could be looking at. And also the other thing is looking at this thing of making your own your own home wash its face. Well, can you true. subdivide it? Can you make a flat there? You can take in you can take in a, a, a rent a room yeah. and have up to what is it, Joe? Fourteen, 14 thousand tax free. It's a tax terrific free. idea of yes. to increase your fixed yeah. income. And, uh, you know, uh, you, I think you mentioned this idea of home equity. Yes, the home equity release is back on the cards. Seniors Money and, and Spry Finance, as they're now known, are back, and they're lending money again. And, you know, that's something that I think retired couples, <laughs> and you're going to need some time to plan all that if you're working to renovate your home, um, is that, you know, we're being told we have to retrofit. Otherwise, we're going to be stuck with the most extraordinary fuel bills in the next few years as those prices go up. And the cost of retrofitting the average three-bedroom semi-detached house, according to the Department of Environment, is between fifty and 60,000 euros. And a big old house, which unfortunately my drafty old house here on the South Circular Road, would probably cost about 100,000. And I don't know about you, and we're early retirements, retirees, um, but who has that kind of cash? Who is Who would be willing to you know, devote their entire lump sum to doing that? Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's been shown that that's unlikely. So there's going to have to be new packages and new, new funding options that are going to have to be a bit more creative to get people to either, you know, sell up, move to a retirement uh, home or retirement or retirement village, or to do, as you suggest, you know, make your own home uh, more suitable for you in older age. And one of the other things, too, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, won't we, is, um, is that people have their adult children living with them now, and other adult children who are married with their children are looking for somewhere, and there, there, is, there are possibilities of you moving into the granny flat, but it would be a nice one, wouldn't it, in order for them to take over, to fa- to pass on that family asset to the next generation. Yes, we have to see what we have to see what happens with that one. Yeah. Meantime, happy happy rewirement. Yeah, that's right. And we'll we'll look at in our last um, in our last podcast, we're going to look at something quite interesting called the happiness curve. Uh, and where where you might rank on that curve, and I'm going to give you a hint here, retirement and being older ranks very high. See you next time. by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.